0: Welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Cale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. The Holy Gospel, according to St. Matthew the twenty-fourth chapter. Glory to you, Jesus said, Concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As were the days of Noah, one will be taken and the other left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming, at an hour you do not expect. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Please be seated and again welcome on this uh, bright snowy day. Many are traveling, uh, students back to college, and folks visiting for Thanksgiving, which is now past, and uh, the very short interval between uh, that uh, significant national holiday and the celebration of Christmas now underway. So I commented, the shortest interval of time possible between the two uh, the two holidays is this year. And uh, many changes happen within the church. We talked about the Advent wreath and its repositioning. Many transformations take place, uh, not unlike Easter, if you will, <clears throat> in the church uh, itself. To that end, the Altar Guild has many responsibilities, many uh, uh, things that are under their guise and supervision. And uh, For the members of the Altar Guild and anyone interested in that ministry of care of the sacred space, uh, going to meet after church in the conference room, grab a cup of coffee, and and join us. Uh, A few moments uh, in... uh, uh, the opening of this new church year with the season of Advent. We now leave behind Luke, that we were reading portions of Luke's gospel throughout uh, the past year. And it was Luke who gave the church the Christmas story. Uh, and a decree went forth from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. That was Luke. Okay, Luke wanted to appeal through his gospel to Gentiles, Uh, To those who were not of the Jewish faith Matthew by contrast in writing about the same time as Luke uh, Intended his audience to be those of the faith who understood the prophets uh, Who uh, would have heard and he was able to lift up ways in which Jesus fulfilled the prophets of old for the Jewish community And if Luke gave us uh, shepherds in Bethlehem, Matthew is going to give us wise men who come from the east. And so as we begin reading this year from the Gospel of Matthew, we don't start at the beginning, interestingly enough, But today's reading, you notice, comes from well near the end of Matthew's Gospel. And with that, we spend a few moments together. And I begin with the observation that whether a child's impatient pestering of the driver, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or the anguished eyes... Of a spouse or an adult child sitting at the bedside asking after they've summoned enough courage of the doctor or the nurse, how long do you think it will be? Knowing when seems to have been somehow encoded into our very DNA. And while it's easy to respond to the questioning chattering child, When speaking of impending death of a loved one, and that answer known only to God, that is among the most sacred of duties. It is why such bedside conversations are always held with reverently hushed voices, no matter one's spiritual perspective. Even after death has come, the voices are subdued in recognition that something beyond us has taken place. Late in Matthew's Gospel, seeing all before him and speaking on a cosmic scale, Jesus observed about that day and hour no one knows. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. In speaking, Jesus drew upon the Jewish people's shared knowledge about the events surrounding the cataclysmic time of Noah and the flood. To the masses, in one minute, everything seemed normal, as perverse as normal might have been. Only in the next moment, the flood that swept them away, one minute, life seemed normal until it wasn't. Anymore and ever again. Jesus saw the day when two would be working side by side and then only one. Jesus' call to discipleship embodied a call to live as though every day was of inestimable worth, as though every day might be the last. Those words of Jesus are particularly poignant when you consider that Jesus knew by this point late in the gospel that his own suffering and indeed his crucifixion were by then very near. Jesus was soon to be betrayed. He would be gone but he knew the disciples would be left to carry on and so knowing that Jesus wanted to care for them as he could, while he could. As you know, I seldom relate personal experiences during sermons. But the past week and a little more proved so informative to me, so instructive, that I want to share just a little bit of it with you. Last Wednesday, Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, I was not at home. I traveled to participate in the funeral service of an old friend for an old friend. And two days before that, I, like many of you, learned of the death of another man from this community with whom I shared a common bond. The bond between all three of us was cancer. All three of us were diagnosed with advanced forms of cancer in a relatively short period of time. I was the first. Treatment included surgery, followed by six months of chemotherapy. The other two men, they followed. In anticipating the course of their own treatments, both men reached out to ask me about my experience. Did it make you sick? Did you lose your hair? What is neuropathy, the inability to feel your hands and your feet like? For to them, knowing seemed better than not knowing. And so I shared with them what I could, but I emphasized to them that everyone's journey would be different. Cancer introduces you to your own personal demons that you never knew before. Then we three took our individual paths toward the common goal of restored health and wellness. For one, the battle was joined immediately. The other received a brief reprieve before a final and sudden onslaught of the illness took his life. I now find myself five and a half years post-treatment, and both of my friend's have died. Died within days of each other and but days ago. Two were taken and one was left. But why? I have no answer to my own question any more than I understand why. One soldier survives combat and another does not. Or why a storm, a tornado takes one home and leaves the other untouched. Or why a particular airplane falls from the sky when so many thousands do not. Some things are knowable only to God. The one knowable thing, though, common to all, is that life is limited. Individual lives and even the life of creation itself, all things, tapanta, that Greek word that we studied not so long ago together, all things ultimately find their fulfillment as they began, And for we of the faith, all things began with God. To say that, to believe that, is a matter of perspective, I suppose. From the perspective of the innocent or the ignorant, some accept things as they are. They just are. And they ask no further understanding Beasts of the field and birds of the air are that way. But for we who were created in the image of God, little less than angels, we are told, when we ask questions, we just want to know. Are we there yet? Or how much longer do you think it will be? We know what we know and we sometimes even know what we do not know we ask what does this mean what does this mean realizing that sometimes what we know and even what we do not know can be equally disquieting equally disturbing to us and and so in asking the question what does this mean we can ask must it be so must it be so that we are so disquieted Now, embedded in the Christian message, the message of the gospel itself, is the message that the great unknowns and ambiguities of life need not be debilitating, need not cause fear, if fear can be offset by faith. The opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of fear is not bravery or courage. For fear is a spiritual condition, and its opposite is likewise spiritual. Fear can be offset by faith, for faith overcomes fear. A life governed by faith can endure a great deal more fear than the life that sees nothing beyond but the dark abyss. Nothing beyond the moment. Darkness. For you see, the fact is, fatalism, those with that kind of cynical approach to life, fatalism's fine so long as that final day remains at bay and far off. But that's an illusion. Just as Jesus foretold the coming of the Son of Man, And seeing that as the culmination of time, so too I suggest that he comes every time an individual finds its inevitable conclusion. But that last day and that final hour come most gently to those who are prepared with preparation and with intentionality not by accident. That day, that day will not forever remain far off for any of us. Therefore, on this first Sunday in Advent, as the church is again called to watch, let us acknowledge and confess our abiding faith that when the Son of Man comes, to close history or to be witness to the end of our lives. By faith we may be found ready. These first two Sundays do not focus upon the manger and Bethlehem and the nativity but upon Christ and his return. That where he is we may be also for Jesus came into the world at Bethlehem so that those who receive him with faith might be with him when the Son of Man comes to judge the living and the dead. Watch, prepare, rejoice, behold. Those are the themes of Advent. They're the themes of a new year. And I submit to you, can even be the themes of a new life if we have eyes to see and ears to hear and are honest to God and to ourselves. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.